a Monday morning, and you know what that means, dreamers. Welcome back to the Isolation Stage for the Love. This is Doz Does Disney, and I'm your host. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-Z. Landon the Doz Stone, kicking your week off the right way with a little bit of Disney news coming out of the house of the mouse in Orlando, Florida. We're talking Walt Disney World. Guys, we've reached the end of the road. This is... The last episode of Daz Does Disney will talk about the end at the end of this episode because uh, peek see behind the curtain. This is the third time I've done the intro and uh, if I talk about the end too much, I will not be able to get through the intro as I found out. But like I said, this is the end, but we'll talk about the end at the end of this episode. But to get to the end of this episode, we got to do what we normally do here on Does Does Disney. We talk about said Disney news, but that's in the middle. Before we get to that, we got to do it one more time. We kick things off with this week in Disney history. Turn down for what? Yeah, that was a good one. Saving the best for last. Okay, don't hold me to that expectation because this is going to be a hard episode to get through, guys. Uh, This week in Disney history, we are looking through the dates of today. The day we're recording this, October the 8th, going all the way through October the 14th. And October 8th, 2003, Mickey's Philhar Magic, at the time a new computer animated 3D attraction, has its official grand opening in the Philhar Magic Concert Hall in the Magic Kingdom. Now, guys, get this Pop Idols, Howie Dory of the Backstreet Boys, and the fat one himself, Joey Fatone of NSYNC, are on hand for the premiere. Now, if you never experienced Mickey's Philhar Magic, I'm a big fan of it. The film is directed by George Scribner, who is best known for directing the animated film Oliver and Company. That's going way back, 1988, as a matter of fact. Mickey's Philhar Magic is a 12-minute-long show featuring 3D effects, synths, and water, as well as a number of characters from Disney movies, and it's shown on the largest purpose-built 3D screen ever made at the time, coming in at a whopping 150 feet wide. Like I said, I love Philhar Magic, and I do think it's cool that they've continued to update it and add new music from recent Disney animated movies. I know they did that with Coco, and I hope they continue to do so in the future because, uh, like I said, big fan of a Philhar Magic. On that same night, October 8th, 2003, in the evening, the Magic Kingdom hosts a live performance from the Brian Setzer Orchestra on the Castle Four Court stage. Now, the reason I mention that is because afterwards, the park officially debuts a new pyrotechnic show. Oh, I don't know, maybe you've heard about it. It's called Wishes, A Magical Gathering of Disney Dreams, and it is the best nighttime show in the Magic Kingdom's history. Come at me, Disney nerds. Yeah, I said it. The Disney premiere includes an introduction from uh, actress Julie Andrews as well. Uh, okay, what I said about Wishes. That's just my opinion, but uh, Wishes is my favorite of the Magic Kingdom nighttime shows. And uh, if you don't like it, I mean, like, what are you going to do? Show's ending. <laughs> October 9th, 2003, uh, Epcot 
closes at 3 p.m. for a special evening press event for the opening of Mission Space. The dedication is presided over Walt Disney uh, Chairman and CEO Michael Eisner, Hewlett Packard CEO Carly Fioroni, and uh, NASA President Sean O'Keefe. In attendance are legendary astronauts Buzz Aldrin, Jim Lovell, and Wally Scoria. Uh, the event also includes beamed-in remarks and well wishes from the uh, International Space Station as well. Could you imagine being an Epcot? You know, you're enjoying your day, eating and drinking around the world. Three o'clock comes and he's like, hey, get the f out. We got to have a special press event for Mission Space. An attraction that, in my opinion, kind of sucks. I mean, it's cool that Buzz Aldrin's there, but I mean, yeah, your day in Epcot comes to a close at 3 p.m. because a mission space event. Mm. Also, Sugar Ray and the B-52s perform on the Fountain Stage in Epcot after the mission space ceremony and prior to the evening's display of illumination. So uh, there you go. Bet you didn't know that on October 9th, 2003, Buzz Aldrin and Sugar Ray were in Epcot at the same time. So uh, there you go. Also on October 9th, this time in 2016, the uh, Main Street Electrical Parade gives its final performance at Walt Disney World. I love the Main Street Electrical Parade. Wish Disney would bring it back, um, uh, or honestly just bring back any uh, late night or any nighttime parade, but particularly the Main Street Electrical Parade because uh, that soundtrack is dope. October 11th, uh, 1982, at the newly opened Epcot Center, the American Adventure Pavilion has an official grand opening ceremony. A single large building designed in the colonial style, it contains the American Adventure Show and the Hall of Flags exhibit. The American Adventure Show, narrated by audio animatronic figures of uh, Ben Franklin and Mark Twain, take guests on a trip through America's history. Across the pavilion is the American Garden Theater, an outdoor amphitheater which hosts concerts. And uh, that is going to be coming up in the news here in a bit. Uh, we call that a tease in the business. And uh, finally, for this week in Disney history, October 11th, 2003, the extraterrestrial alien encounter at Walt Disney World closes forever at the end of this day. Now, it's either October 11th or October 12th. I found some conflicting reports when I was doing some homework for this episode, so uh, cut me some slack. Uh, although it was opened since 1995, uh, it... It has since developed a cult following among Disney fans. It would later go on to be replaced with Stitch's Great Escape. And as we all know, Stitch's Great Escape would later go on to be replaced with a broom closet. <clears throat> Not doing much with Stitch's Great Escape these days. Wow, dropped an F-bomb in uh, This Week in Disney History. Really hope I remember to edit that. <laughs> Now, I did make reference to the American Gardens Theater, the uh, amphitheater outside of the American Adventure in This Week in Disney History, because uh, the American Garden Theater was kind of in the news this week when it comes to Disney, as Disney announced the full lineup of celebrity narrators for the 2023 Candlelight Processional at Epcot that takes place during the International Festival of the Holidays. Uh, I've never taken part in the Candlelight Processional. I know it has its fans, some very passionate fans. It looks cool. And this year's lineup seems uh, seems like some heavy hitters. It kicks off on November 24th with uh, Chrissy Metz. Then you have uh, Luis Fonzi and Margaret, Simu Liu, John Stamos, 
NPH himself, Neil Patrick Harris, Marley Matlin, Brendan Fraser, excuse me, Oscar award-winning actor Brendan Fraser. I hope somebody gets him his coffee. Eva Longoria, Joey McIntyre, Sterling K. Brown, Jordan Fisher, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Andrea McDonald, and then closing things out on December 29th and 30th is going to be Lisa Ling. I didn't go through who was performing when, just who was opening it, and Chrissy Metz and who was closing it out in Lisa Ling on their dates. But if there was a name in particular, like if you want to go see NPH or uh, Sterling K. Brown or Brendan Fraser, you can head over to Disney's website and find their particular dates that they're performing uh, for the Candlelight Processional. And Disney also announced pricing details for dinner packages for the Candlelight Processional um, uh, and they are going to range on the cheap end at Regal Eagle for $41, ranging all the way up to the most expensive option is going to be $104 per person at La Cellier. So you get a meal and then you get uh, guaranteed seating. I think they give you like a badge or something so you can go sit down in the American Garden Theater. Uh, showtimes uh, running from November 24th through December 30th are going to be 5.15, 7 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. Um, I do want to point out that uh, same-day dining packages are available uh, at Regal Eagle Smokehouse. I actually think... Uh, yeah, Regal Eagle is same-day dining packages only. So uh, if you and your party find yourself in Epcot between November 24th through the end of the year, December 30th, and uh, want to take part in the dining package option, uh, you do have the, well, option to do same-day dining package at the uh, Regal Eagle Smokehouse for the low, low price of $41 a head. Speaking of some Christmas activities in the most magical place on earth let's head over to magic kingdom as we see some more dates for mickey's very merry christmas party sell out this time it is the first date in the month of december to sell out that being december 14th that brings the sold out dates to a grand total of three at this point november 9th 10th and the aforementioned december 14th those christmas parties have sold out for the year still have tons of options even some of the <clears throat> cheaper options still available and including dates where you if you're an annual pass holder or you if you're a dvc member can use your ten dollars off option so uh like I've said it before, I'll say, well, I would say I'll say it again, but I don't have a podcast to say it on in the future. Uh, I have a feeling these dates are going to sell out. Um, we saw it with Mickey's not so scary Halloween party for the last couple of years. I think we saw it last year with uh, Very Merry. So if this trend continues, I think this year's Very Merry Christmas party will sell out the closer we get to the Christmas season. Cause I mean, right now we're, we're in the throes of the spooky season and everybody's focused on that though. You know, no tickets are available for this year's not so scary Christmas party. Did I just say not so scary Christmas party? <laughs> oh boy. The wheels are truly coming off. Ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a uh, monorail over to Epcot where we see ahead of the official opening on October 16th of Journey to Water, uh, the Moana meet and greet is now open. Now, uh, Journey of Water has had its soft openings. It's gone through a couple rounds of annual pass holder previews, but the Moana meet and greet near the entrance of Journey of Water attraction is now open. Now, uh, as of this recording, October 8th, uh, 
Moana's posted times of greeting is going to be 9 a.m., 10.15, 11.30, 1.30 p.m., 2.30, and then finally at 3.45. But the sign also says appearing intermittently. So uh, give or take that. And uh, this is a meet and greet that is weather uh, dependent. Has to have some good weather because it is an outdoor meet and greet area. So kind of like Journey of Water, if there's bad weather in the area, particularly lightning, uh, they will shut that down and... Uh, protect guests and Moana in that instance. But if you do want to go get your picture taken and meet Moana, you now have that option in Epcot. Uh, looking forward to uh, experiencing both Journey of Water and uh, meeting Moana when I and the Smoking Hot Girlfriend are down in the month of November. So looking forward to checking that out. But something a bit more pertinent in Epcot, uh, particularly this week, if you are going to be in Epcot on Tuesday, October 10th, uh, Giving you a heads up, Journey into Imagination with Figment will be closed for routine maintenance, but it's only going to be down for one day, and Disney has said that it will reopen on Wednesday, October 11th. Disney also says that while the attraction will be unavailable, all the other areas and offerings in the Imagination Pavilion will remain open to guests. So uh, just a heads up, if you uh, are in the park on the 10th this Tuesday, You'll not be able to ride Journey into Imagination with Figment. So just uh, just a heads up. And if that uh, impacts your plans, sorry about that. But if you are in the park on uh, Tuesday, October 10th, maybe you could go check out uh, Mickey and Minnie who are meeting guests with their new Disney 100 costumes. The uh, meet and greet apparently started late last month in the Imagination Pavilion. Uh, but more specifically, guests will be able to find Mickey and Minnie in their Disney 100 costumes at the Magic Eye Theater, which is adjacent to the Imagination Pavilion main building. Uh, signage in the area should make it easier to find them, but you know, knowing where to look makes it that much easier to find. And uh, cast members, if you ask, will be able to point you in the direction of Mickey and Minnie. So you have the option to uh, go say hey to the uh, most happening mouse, I guess. I is that a thing? No, no, that's not a thing. Okay, but yeah, go say hi to Mickey and Minnie in their uh, Disney 100 costumes. They look, they look snazzy. I think it's a, uh, think it's a good look, and uh, I will definitely be getting my uh, picture snapped down there with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mouse uh, <laughs> down in October or November, whatever the hell my trip is. I don't know what's going on anymore. Okay, I'm gonna preface this story for one Mr. Monorail out there, Jay. It's going to be okay. It's going to... A second barge has arrived on the World Showcase... Look, J, J, put the gun down. Jay! Jay! It's going to be fine. Just, crews are continuing to perform checks on the hardware and software against the existing... Jay, this is for Luminous Symphony of Us. You know, the fireworks show that's coming in December. The barges are movable, we think. Jay, don't don't shoot them, Jay. It's it's gonna be okay. But a second barge has appeared in the World Showcase Lagoon ahead of the December debut of Luminous, the Symphony of Us. Uh, I think there's gonna be a total of six barges that are used during the show. But as we previously reported, these barges will be movable, so they'll wheel them out, or I guess more accurately, float them out. <laughs> Uh, ahead of each night's performance so it won't uh, impact the view across the uh, World Showcase Lagoon like previous barges did. So uh, hopefully it will uh, it will be okay, Jay. 
It's going to be okay, buddy. It's going to be okay. I'm here for you. Bring it in. Where do you keep getting these guns? Now, speaking on some nighttime shows, uh, let's head over to Hollywood Studios and talk on Fantasmic because uh, as of today, the day we're recording this, October 8th, uh, Disney has started adding second showings of the nighttime show Fantasmic. Um, first at 8 and then 9.30. We talked about this here recently. And those second showings run through October 21st. Um, it is possible... Heck, some are speculating it's likely that Disney will continue to add second showtimes as the demand dictates. So um, keep an eye on that. I'm a big fan of the new iteration of Fantasmic. I've talked about it before uh, last time. Well, a couple times now, me and the Smoke and Hot Girlfriend were down in Disney. We had just killer seats for Fantasmic. It was one of the highlights of our trip. So highly recommend uh, you find time to... I guess close out your night at Hollywood Studios, checking it out. Um, uh, yeah, and see when you're down in the park if you do have the option for an 8 or a 9.30 show. And we talked previously, the 9.30 show actually happens after the park closes. Uh, so that is one of the few instances where a nighttime show is offered after a Disney park closes. And a uh, quick note, Hollywood Studios does close early on October 17th for a third-party park buyout and uh, doesn't look like there's going to be a showing of Fantasmic on that evening. So uh, just FYI, if you and your party are planning to be in Walt Disney World on the 17th of this month, maybe, uh, maybe plan on going to a different park. Staying in Hollywood Studios, you know here on this podcast, we, we're all about hashtag saving the Muppets, and uh, looks like Disney is actually paying attention to Muppet Vision 3D as they've added new projection effects at the 3D show in Hollywood Studios. Uh, love him or hate him, Waldo is definitely a integral part of that show. Um, the 3D character that uh, Beaker and uh, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew create to show off uh, the effects of 3D <clears throat> it's my Kermit the Frog impression. Sorry, guys. Apparently, there's been updated or uh, new projection effects that allow uh, multiple Waldos to appear throughout and on the walls of the uh, theater of Muppet Vision 3D when they try to contain Waldo and blow him up and they make a horde of mini Waldos. So, uh, yeah, that's something cool. It's a little addition to the show but i do think it's nice that uh, disney continues to not only pay attention to muppet vision 3d they're uh, making it better so there you go nice little addition to uh, muppet vision 3d and last little bit of uh disney news i want to talk about is uh, not necessarily something that's happening in the parks it's uh something that's happening i guess park adjacent it's uh, happening on Disney Plus, Disney announced a second season of Behind the Attraction is coming to the streaming service on November 1st. Well, before I get to that, I want to point out that Disney took away the uh, group watch feature, like, back in September, and, and they didn't put out a formal announcement that that feature was going away. That's something that uh, me, the smoking hot girlfriend, and uh, her daughter, uh, I refer to her as the ambassador, we've used it. Uh, we went to go watch uh, Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, this weekend because uh, she's feeling a little bit under the weather and uh, we uh, we couldn't do that. That uh, that sucks, Disney. Really hate that y'all did that and uh, that you kind of did it under the cover of darkness and didn't tell anybody or if you did, it uh, slipped past me. So uh, 
Boo on you, Disney. But uh, I digress. Uh, anyway, back to Behind the Attraction Season 2 coming to Disney Plus uh, November 1st. They uh, said we're going to get six episodes this season focusing on quote, your favorite attractions, food, and nighttime spectaculars. Uh, most of these I'm okay with. Some of these I'm kind of uh, scratching my head at. Attraction-wise, we got uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, or Caribbean, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, I think that's cool. Um, I, I do like the fact that we're going to get to look into the uh, reimagining of Pirates over in Shanghai Disneyland because uh, somebody who's never been to slash probably not going to Shanghai Disneyland and never is going to be able to experience it. I, I, I'm very interested to see more of that version of the ride and see what went into the reimagining of a, a classic Disney attraction uh, over there in Shanghai Disneyland. Uh, then we got Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I think that's uh, going to be a fun episode. Uh, Indiana Jones Adventure. I'm Kind of surprised that's getting uh, getting an episode because I associate that more with a left coast out there in Disneyland. But maybe maybe uh, they're introducing uh, this episode because maybe it'll eventually show up in Walt Disney World. Maybe in uh, Animal Kingdom, giving some credence to uh, them talking about it at D23 that Indy could be showing up, replacing Dinosaur. I don't know. Maybe, possibly. Epcot, we're going to get an episode on Epcot. I think that's super awesome from uh, its opening in 1982 all the way through now uh, with Guardians uh, Cosmic Rewind opening. I think that's going to be really cool. Um, I do hope they give some love to some of the uh, attractions that are no longer with us, you know, like Maelstrom and stuff like that, because uh, old school Epcot is just one of those cool things about Disney and Disney lure that I'm a big fan of. Uh, then we're going to get an episode focusing on uh, Nighttime Spectaculars. I already talked about how my favorite uh, Magic Kingdom Nighttime Spectacular is Wishes. But then, I mean, they're also going to be focusing on stuff like Main Street Electrical Parade, which I also professed my love for in This Week in Disney History, wishing that they would bring it back. Uh, Fantasmic, World of Color, um, uh, and also nighttime shows uh, from around the world that I'm not as familiar with, like uh, Momentous from Hong Kong Disneyland and uh, Illuminate from the previously mentioned Shanghai Disneyland. And then we're getting an episode on food, which, I mean, I get it. Churros are kind of iconic with Disneyland. Dole Whip's iconic with Magic Kingdom. But food? We're, we're getting an episode on Disney food? All right. Sh sure. <laughs> is there nothing else y'all could have focused on? I, I, I mean, like, like, um, food. <laughs> yeah, it's how I'm gonna end the podcast. Me just saying food over and over again. But yeah, uh, November first on Disney Plus, uh, a second season of Behind the Attraction is coming. I think that's cool. Uh, I'm still holding out hope we're gonna get a second season of the uh, Imagineering story. I don't know how likely that is, but then again, I didn't know if we were going to get a uh, second season of uh, Behind the Attraction, so there, uh, there's that. But uh, one more time. Food! <laughs> but yeah, that is, uh, that is all the news that is fit to report, which uh, brings, us, brings us to the end of the last episode of Dawes Does Disney. Man, just saying that, uh, that, that, that sucks, but... This isn't a goodbye. Well, I guess it is for Does Does Disney. Um, guys, I got 86 episodes out of this thing. And uh, as somebody who does this 
for a living. When I say this, I mean broadcasting. I've had a lot of fun doing this. I've had a lot of fun with the people I've done it with, you know, Justin Monorail, Steffers. I love them both. I couldn't have made it to 86 without them. I've gone solo on some of these episodes, so I guess I have kind of gotten 86 without them. Uh, immediately contradicting what I just said, but um, they were they were were and still are a very integral part of this show, and uh, nothing but love to them. And I want to thank y'all for for the kind words who reached out across the social media, who tagged me in their tweets. Yeah, I'm still calling them tweets. <laughs> uh, who sent me private messages? Um, that meant the world to me. Just so incredibly nice. And y'all were, y'all were part of the reason that I kept going when, when, when I didn't honestly think I could keep going on this podcast. I love y'all from the bottom of my heart. And I couldn't have made it to 86 without y'all. I've, I've said this is a labor of love and, uh, I want to clarify. It's like, when I say labor of love, this, this guy, it, it kind of gives it a negative connotation that, that. It was, it was a labor and I had to force myself. Um, I'll be honest, there, there were some times where I did doubt myself and, and I felt like I did have to push myself. And I apologize if some of the episodes weren't up to the standards that I hold myself to. I apologize for that, but I would not have made it to 86 episodes if I didn't know that y'all were on the other end listening and having fun because, I mean, that's that's what this podcast was about. This Like, I'm a 38-year-old idiot that got to join his virtual friends every week and talk about a magical mouse who lives in Orlando, Florida and has theme parks with roller coasters and rides and where for a few hours every time we go down there, we can just leave the worries of the world at the door I just have fun, and I thank y'all for uh, affording me the opportunity to do this, and and I thank y'all for coming along on the ride that has been Does Does Disney, because uh, if you remember, this all started because the Monday morning monorail uh, turned out the lights, and, and the monorail was parked, and on the monorail, when I went solo, we called it the Captain Poochie era, and... This has really turned into the ultimate <laughs> Captain Poochie air. This was the Captain Poochie show where I where I carried on the legacy of the monorail. And please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. I guess it's only appropriate that Does Does Disney is turning out its lights so the Monday morning monorail can return and continue on. Last week I said, I'm not going anywhere. And a couple of y'all were questioning why I said that. I said that because myself and the podfather of this entire thing, Justin freaking monorail, are firing up the monorail once again, next Monday, right here in the same podcasting feed. You don't got to do anything. You just have to keep being the awesome person that you are. Next Monday, the Monday morning monorail returns. So that makes turning out the lights on Does Does Disney 
a little bit easier because I get to once again ride the monorail with a man that I love, that I consider a brother, Justin Monorail. And I get to do it with y'all. So until we talk next Monday on the Monday morning monorail, thank a cast member. Thank a team member. Disney and Universal, pay your cast members and pay your team members a living wage. We love coming down to your parks. Help. Some of us even tolerate spending all of our money down at your parks. But without them, without your cast members, without your team members, none of what you have happens, happens. So treat them and pay them like the rock stars that they are. And be decent to each other. You don't know what everybody else has going on in their lives. You don't know how far a kind word or a kind gesture can go. And it costs you nothing to be nice. So be nice. And take care of yourself. I'm not talking just physically, I'm talking mentally too. Because your mental health can be just as important as your physical health. And breathe. Have a little bit of fun. And if you could do both of those things, that would mean the world to me. My name is Landon Doan. From the bottom of my heart. Thank y'all so, so much for being a part of Dawes Does Disney. Because you've been great, and we, we have all been Dawes Does Disney. I'll talk to y'all next week on the Monday Morning Monorail. I love y'all.